Hello and welcome back to Movies on My Mind. I'm Rosie and today, continuing the Film Bros series, is Fight Club, directed by David Fincher, that was released in 1999. This film, I will say, after me watching Pulp Fiction last week, was so much better There is no words to describe how much better this film was. And I enjoyed it more. And it was just, yes, I enjoyed watching this one. I did not enjoy watching Pulp Fiction. So this one is kind of a surprise, in-depth thing. I could talk for ages about this, I feel, but I'm not going to. And I'm just going to keep it as short as I can. But there is so much in this film. And I have watched some David Fincher films before. I am a fan of some of his other films he's done. So I've seen Zodiac and I've seen The Social Network. I've seen that as well. So I've seen a few of his films and I do like his kind of style. He's very drama focused. But this is is quite different to a lot of the other stuff I've seen him do. So I wasn't expecting the ending. And I was pleasantly surprised by the whole film, to be fair. Before I begin, don't forget to follow my Instagram and TikTok at Movies on My Mind Pod. I post like reels and kind of clips from the podcast, as well as announcements of what other films I'm going to be doing. Uh, at the minute, we're in the Film Bros series. So a lot more films coming in that department. A lot of these films in this series are first time watches for me. This is the first time I've watched Fight Club and the first time I watched Pulp Fiction and a lot of them will be the first time I've seen these films because they're kind of the ones that everyone hypes up and says you have to watch and you don't have to watch them if people tell you to watch them but I also want to kind of explore whether these films are actually good or whether they're bad or what type of people would like these films because a lot of people say watch this, watch that. It's really good. It's got loads of Oscars. It's got loads of awards. It's got really good reviews, but it doesn't end up being an enjoyable film. It just, sometimes they're quite boring. But anyway, I'm going to start with this one. And if you're enjoying the series, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, please. (laughs) And give me DMs just flood me with messages of ones you want me to do. Films that you think are so overhyped that they need to be taken a look into. Fight Club is... we've got two kind of main protagonists and this is major, major spoiler alerts. So if you have not seen this film, there is a massive, massive spoiler and I cannot avoid it without going into in-depth detail. So if you haven't seen it and you want to see it without the spoiler, then go and see it and listen to this. Or if you're fine with the spoiler, then that is perfectly fine with me because I'm just going to be going all the way through this, including the ending. So we have two kind of protagonists we follow Edward Norton's character. Now, I don't think he has, like, a proper name. He doesn't have a name. He's called narrator. People call him, I think, some videos I've seen refer to him as Jack. He's just kind of a random guy, and he narrates the whole story, but we follow him all the way through, so it doesn't actually... It's not necessary that we even know who he is, because this is all kind of his creation. Uh, Not getting into the spoiler, but... Yes. And then we also have another character that is introduced kind of like midway through. Not introduced straight away. Um, He's introduced kind of after the first act and he's played by Brad Pitt and is very famously 
known as Tyler Durden. His name is plastered everywhere. People refer to him by that name. Whereas our Edward Norton character is just simply narrator nobody. So it's quite confusing, but you kind of begin it and it becomes very clear what's going on. So Edward Norton's character works in like an office. He gets like really bored with his job and he has this obsession with buying Ikea furniture. He's very attached to his possessions and everything he's kind of achieved. And then all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but just randomly, uh, it feels randomly, his, his like apartment explodes like there's a gas explosion in his place and he's really unsatisfied with with his life as it is he doesn't sleep um he goes to therapy groups he has no quote unquote right to be there but he just goes to them in order to form human connections with people he kind of gains empathy through those groups and he meets some people as well and then he's on a plane because he has to like travel for his job and he meets brad pitt's character tyler durden and yeah so he quote unquote meets this character then kind of create has this weird friendship with him that is very controlling and there's a lot of red flags in it but we're gonna go through that um and then together they start this fight club which is where men can come and take out their anger on each other and literally fight for no reason just for the fact of feeling something and feeling less numb from their consumer driven lives we love that so they continue this fight club and it kind of gets a bit crazy um there's this character called marla who's played by helena bottom carter she is a woman that edward norton's character meets at a therapy session she also jumps the therapy sessions like he does so they go to different ones even though they don't have any other conditions that these people have some of them are like dying got diseases things like that and he really hates her to start off with he has this kind of weird hatred for her but then she kind of is she follows him all the way through loosely and she also becomes quote unquote i'm quote unquoting because this is going to be destroyed by the end involved with brad pitt's character tyler durden so she kind of comes in and out and then this kind of group gets a bit crazier it's kind of low-key well high-key terrorist organization they're gonna they're planning to assassinate people bomb places it becomes very 1984 very dystopian they're always like yes sir and it's giving the menu if you've seen the menu when they go yes chef it's the same kind of thing <laughs> or they're like yes sir we're gonna do this we're gonna do that we work as one army we are one team again it actually no wait the similarities to the menu it does make sense that i'm comparing the two because yeah it's all about capitalism how the world tells you to live your life how that has no meaning yeah and there's this kind of obsession with kind of being close to death and the closer you are to death the more you want to live so therefore your life feels better brad pitt's character as tyler durden is very alter ego he's very big and like he's everything that edward norton his character wants to be and he pressures him it becomes very toxic anyway go all the way to the end and it's quite a long movie i will say it was quite long and i was a bit like how long is this it felt i don't know why it felt like a long film it's not even that long but when i was watching it i was a bit like this is i had to pause it a few times it's not that i don't i didn't like it i feel like with david fincher's films they are quite like long and you do pause them and 
I don't know whether that's a bad thing, I don't know. But anyway, by the end, we, we work out that they're actually... Tyler Durden is Edward Norton. So the two characters that we followed from near enough the beginning as friends are actually the same person and it is all in his head, basically. Kind of. You can interpret it in whatever way you want. You can go, is this like a mental illness kind of thing? Kind of having a split personality, things like that. He's also like his alter ego. It's kind of like a Jackal and Hyde situation. He can't remember what he does when he's Tyler Durden, but then when he's... Yeah, he can't remember what he does as each of them, if that makes sense. Like, he can't... He He's so in denial that he is completely blind to anything that happens. And, yeah. So, that's basically it. They're not two different characters, they are the same character, which is crazy. But, yeah, it kind of falls apart at the end, to the point where, okay, spo- well, I've just spoiled it, but even more spoilers. He kind of, like, goes... He's like, I need to kill... Tyler Durden's character in it he's because he's the one telling him to do all this bad stuff doing all the illegal stuff doing all the killings whatever he's the one telling him to do that so he's like I need to kill that part of myself so he kind of like shoots himself not in the head but like just to the side of his face and it kills the Brad Pitt's character but he's still like alive so this is very kind of metaphorical and they're in like a building and the terrorist organization is gonna like this is the really famous end shot there's like a load of like skyscrapers and they just blow up and then um Helena Bollum Carter's character comes back and stands with Edward Norton but without Tyler being there because he's quote-unquote dead and the whole thing blows up and that's that's it that's the end that's literally it they play where is my mind at the end and that's it credits roll so it's it's crazy it hurt my brain my brain actually hurts from watching that today it's it's one of those films it is very good i can't believe i'm saying that about a film bro film it is good but we're gonna go into why it is a film bro film because it is good i did I do respect it, if that makes sense. It's not necessarily a film that you enjoy. It's one of these kind of films that provokes an idea and that idea will stay with you for a long time. It's very existential. I love an existential film. I love that. But sometimes that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be fun (laughs) and it's going to be enjoyable to watch. It's challenge, like mentally challenging. Uh, Your brain is constantly like, what's gonna happen here what's gonna happen next uh that kind of thing but yeah it was very good the travesty is i checked on imdb i don't know why that is my reference point i probably need to change my reference point but it's imdb for now and it is rated an 8.8 out of 10 port fiction was rated 8.9 and since that was the last film i did i can now say that I do not agree. I rated Pulp Fiction a solid 4 out of 10, and Fight Club would be probably, I'm saying an 8. Yeah, I enjoyed this film. Enjoyed is, again, the wrong word. I was intellectually stimulated by this film. Whatever that means. Okay, let me just go into what points I've got. It's very dingy all the way through. David Fincher, 
that's one thing that I don't love. It's his like kind of staple, I know, but it's I'm very colourful. I like a I like a lot of colour. Um, it is quite moody all the way through and very dingy. We kind of have a vignette, so that means that like, the corners are kind of like blackened, so it looks like old film. I think I don't know. <laughs> and it, it it does make it look really dingy all the way through and I feel like in those kind of films everyone's skin looks looks kind of like weird and sweaty and almost yellowed it gives off the real yellow and green and all those kind of colors and it's not aesthetically pleasing but it is aesthetically pleasing because the the use of shadow is really nice and adds to the whole crime element and existentialism and I get that but it's just yeah it's very dingy and I mean what else would you want to put in an existential film I'm going to talk about the binary on opposition between the narrator character and Brad Pitt's character that is Tyler Durden the very famous mob boss he's not a mob boss but he basically is in Fight Club actually no Let's not go straight there. Let's talk about the characters on their own first. So I'll start with the guy that we start off with, the narrator. And straight away, he's a miserable character. He's a, a character who is suffering. Um, he is very unhappy. I feel that, again, Edward Norton is in a lot of Wes Anderson films. An absolute slay. And he has this kind of, like, deadpan voice that works really well in this character because we can tell by his voice that he is telling the truth but he is not having a good time he wants to have a good time but he's just not and he's trying it's not like he's not trying and i think that's the redeemable feature when we meet him is he is trying to be happy you know he has all the things that they say will make you happy but he still isn't you know he's like he can't sleep he hasn't really got any friends we don't see any anyway and he goes to work in a really like harshly lit place and then he goes home to his apartment and his ikea furniture and it's just that every single day and he doesn't want to live like that so straight away we feel for him because he's just an everyman in the office and he's just unhappy which is fair enough and i think that edward norton makes a likable protagonist we kind of i feel like we root for him in it even how can you root for him when it's his own battle against himself but you do it's weird he represents the empathy within himself he's down he's the real version that doesn't make any sense he's the real version of himself so he is what you get on the outside that's what you see is him and that's why we start with him because that would not make sense otherwise and when tyler durden is brought in they sit on a plane and edward norton's character says oh my god you got the same briefcase as me not in that voice and tyler durden's like oh yeah i guess guess we do and he's like i sell soap and he like opens it and it's got soap what is the significance of the soap Oh, I just wondered that. So, I was today years old as well when I realised that the kind of title poster, when he's, like, holding the holding the fight club in, in the poster, it's an... I thought it was, like, a, a rubber, like an eraser, like, to rub out pencil. No, 
it's a piece is soap and it says fight club on it and that's how they started fight club was with the soap but why why soap i'm gonna be like well soap is really random i feel like the whole film needs some soap over it it needs a good scrub because it's pretty dingy so visually i think the soap doesn't work in terms of the whole colour part, in terms of like everything, it just doesn't work. And also soap is more of a feminine thing. And it's really interesting that that comes from the character Tyler Durden. I don't quite know the exact significance of that because my brain is not working well today. There are main major themes about gender in this film. And straight away, when we start with his character, he goes to those therapy groups. And the first therapy group we see him at is the therapy group for people who had um, testicular cancer. So basically, these are loads of guys who have been physically emasculated or have the fear of that. So it's definitely a man film because it's all about that major fear. And if you, we're going to be talking about Freud again, if you know good old Freud, he is a psychologist and he said that that is everyone's major fear, is emasculation. So straight away, we're getting quite, you know, crazy and extreme with that being the first thing we see him do and go to. So in that way, he is both with the biggest fear and also the closeness to death in terms of the disease. But we see him there and we see all of the men there and they're hugging each other and they're crying to each other. Again, is a very kind of more feminine thing and especially these guys have been emasculated well some of them have then you know who can blame them you know their feminine side is kind of i think everyone has the balance of masculine and feminine traits and it's kind of saying that when that masculinity has been altered that feminine the feminine traits become more outward and physicalized in the external world but in society that's not masculine because that's not what masculinity means in a patriarchal society so we see him edward norton's character straight away on his own being a more feminine and well embracing his feminine quote-unquote feminine side which makes you like him because it shows that he has some sort of empathy although he talks in a deadpan voice and he's a bit sociopathic and he just kind of gives those vibes you know it kind of speaks without feeling we see him cry and hug people and that makes him have empathy which that way as a viewer we can connect to him which is why when we get Tyler Durden to come in we don't necessarily connect with him because we haven't seen him cry we haven't seen him do anything if that makes sense to make us like him and that's the point so Tyler Durden's kind of character and alter ego is actually Edward Norton's character's ideal of a man so he wants to be so much of a man (laughs) that when he gets his soap out of the briefcase he's still a man he hasn't he's not laughed at because he's a man that makes that makes some sense so when they're on the aeroplane and he gets the soap out edward norton's character doesn't laugh at him and go oh my god (laughs) 
how how feminine of you <laughs> what what a, what a girl with your soap you're gonna go for a bath later with some bath salts um and candles no he just he just you know accepts him and is like oh this is a man brad pitt's character becomes the hyper masculine ideal of edward norton's character when he's on that plane it is after he's been to those therapy sessions and he's getting a lot out of it. He meets Marla, who is Helena Bonham Carter's character, at those sessions. And I think it's because maybe he's threatened by her in the fact that she represents a reflection of it, of himself because she's doing the exact same thing as him. And he's like, it's not fair. You can't do this. This is horrible. You're not allowed to be here. And she's like, well, you know, same as you. Who, who cares? But he's so threatened by it. And I think it's because... As soon as he released that kind of feminine side of himself, which did help him because it balanced him out, by that time he was kind of ashamed of it and he was like, oh, why why do I have to be feminine? I don't want to be feminine. I'm not a girl. Why would I want to be a girl? So that when he's on the, the plane, that's when he meets properly Tyler Durden after this kind of feminine moment and he opens that box of soap and he's like, oh, cool, you know? I don't laugh at him. He's who I want to be because he could be feminine and not laughed at. After that, that's when they decide to start Fight Club, which is a more masculine way, quote unquote, to let out your anger and your frustrations. So you don't go to therapy. No, no, no. You go to Fight Club, which I actually think is it would work, but it works in a more... Actually, no, it doesn't. No, that, I shouldn't have said that. It doesn't work. I like the idea of Fight Club. And I will go into that now. <laughs> so, for me, when I saw Fight Club, it just made perfect sense. I love the questions they ask each other, like, oh, who would you fight? Who would you fight? And that was the kind of thing. Who would you fight? Who would you fight? So it's kind of replacing the, who are you angry at? And you, who do you need to forgive? And it's going, well, who do you fight? So it's turning it into violence. So then it becomes, you know, built up over time. But I love the idea of Fight Club <laughs> only because it it makes perfect sense. You know, it would give your life meaning. I'm talking in an ideal world where you probably don't get hurt in, you know, some kind of fancy land where it's not a big deal. As you know, that's really bad. I don't know why I'm saying this. Okay, I'm going to continue saying it. But if you think about it, back in the olden days, and I... I I see this in other films as well. But, you know, back in the olden days where people would fight, they would just, you know, people had to go off to war. Back back, at, back in the old days where you'd have swords and shields and all that stuff. There was so much glory that came with going to battle. There was so much adrenaline that came from going to battle. You were kind of faced with death the whole time. And that was what your life meant, was you escaping that. And even if you did die, there was a meaning there and people would remember you for being such a good fighter and your legacy, even if you had no family or no connections, could continue along this massive line and people would remember you. You'd have statues of you if you really wanted, but like things like that. So <laughs> I can see why they started this fight club because especially in, in, a, in a world where in capitalism, you're a number, you just go to work and then you go home. And even if you've got no meaning at home, then your work means nothing because you're just a number and that's it, full stop. And that's what you'll be for the entire rest of your life. So if you kind of put the fighting into that and go, well, I'm fighting for my life every night instead, 
it makes everything a bit more exciting. Not necessarily in a good way, but yeah. And the Fight Club was for men only. So it shows that the, a lot of these men are unhappy emotionally, which is why they need to fight. Because when I think of it, and I was like, if I was going to a fight club, I w- there was there'd be emotion that comes with that. You would have to be emotionally driven to go to something like that. And you can put all your pent-up anger, put it all on, you know, maybe someone was, an- was annoying to you or you, you hate someone, then you can just put all that anger on someone else, on into a stranger. And it wouldn't mean anything because they are in the same agreement as you. They're putting their anger onto someone else on you. Which is very unhealthy and ends in a long line of sadness and yeah it's it's not good but i i get the idea of fight club it makes sense to me as a woman it still makes sense i get it i saw fight club and went i see it (laughs) i see why you would do this and even if you did die in the fight club well actually if you did die in a fight club then you'd your life would have no meaning which is kind of counterintuitive but then, you know, if you died in battle, your life has meaning. You, you sacrificed yourself for the greater cause. And that is the kind of idea that Tyler Durden's character takes on. His philosophy is you're doing everything for the great. You would sacrifice yourself, your physical health for the greater good. And a big thing in this as well is the fact that the narrator's upbringing is he was raised by a single mother. He was not he didn't have he didn't know his father so i think as well his kind of ideas of masculinity are not necessarily real like he would have got his idea of masculinity from the wrong places from the media from tv from just from the patriarchal institution so he would never have been told that masculinity could mean whatever he wanted it to mean and it would just mean what the media is showing him which includes like they they talk about some adverts um ads and stuff like that in there as well so yeah just how masculinity is presented to him there's the whole argument that models are like aesthetically fit but it doesn't mean that they fight and they have earned their fitness if that makes sense the toxic masculine criticism of people you know, going to the gym, whatever, they're getting their strength through for aesthetic reasons rather than battle reasons. And they and the argument is that you should earn, you should have scars, you should fight, um, fighting is good, pain is good, and all those people who are aesthetic try and be fit are fake and not real men. So that's very toxic. Those are all kind of ideas that the Tyler Durden character, he comes up with. That's all he says and all he does, very much, very toxic. And there's the scenes where he kind of fills in sentences for the narrator character. And those are obviously clues that they're the same person, but he it shows that he's always there and he sometimes affects his speech, like what he's going to say, things like that. So these toxic masculine thoughts are all around him all the time and they he can't get rid of them and he's constantly in a battle between his actual self and this alter ego so now i'm going to bring in freud again freud talks about the different kind of parts of the brain and we have ego superego and id now the id is usually represented as like childlike desire or animal instincts 
and it represents things that we're not really supposed to do but everyone has the kind of fascination and want to do so like our immediate desires and the id is definitely Tyler Durden's character because he's very impulsive he's very violent he's very irrational and he does not care about life and death he just wants to do whatever when he wants how he wants he will leave randomly he will come you know it's the kind of like impulsive no one cares nature is what he is but interestingly enough him being the alter ego and the alter masculine is also saying this toxic masculinity has got to the point where if you are that man then you don't have any responsibilities and you can drop everyone and everything and run away and that is a theme that the narrator character really struggles with is this responsibility so he's built his web he's done everything he needs to do in his life and all of a sudden he's overwhelmed with the responsibility that is his life and he doesn't know what to do and he wants to run away and do whatever he wants exactly like tyler's character which is a very id thing. I've also seen in some video essays I watched after is this kind of emotional journey that his character goes on is he's very afraid of vulnerability and kind of embraces it at the beginning, but it's kind of like this sense of shame that comes with it. And, you know, he gets himself into a improved state and then it falls apart again. Yeah, he kind of betrays himself emotionally every time and this toxic masculine really does not help it the toxic masculine does not listen to his emotional needs at all he is constantly struggling he is in pain he does not look after himself he does not care for himself to the point where it's like when he goes to these therapy groups he can't go to them willingly and honestly because he doesn't believe he's worthy of the help and that he's suffering enough to go to these places and to be helped he doesn't feel like his suffering of just a what some would call a perfect life is not enough so he feels a sense of shame with his kind of emotional needs and his emotional needs are telling him he's not happy he's not he's not feeling good and all that kind of thing but this tyler character is like takes that away from him and is like well you don't need emotion you don't need any of this you can just leave whenever you like and never come back and feeds him all these ridiculous ideas that ultimately make him worse. And the kind of ending is him standing up for himself and blowing up with the, with the big explosions, blowing up the foundations that are his life and the things that he's been taught from a young age and just things like that. And then Marla's character is there as well. So it represents kind of his journey of emotional vulnerability because he talks to her in that moment after he is killed, quote unquote. You know, he looks at her and oh my god I don't even know what he says but he turns to her and says something and he turns to her and, and says it as himself and not at, with Tyler there which shows his kind of emotional arc all the way through which is nice because he finds that salvation in the end it's not obvious that he finds that salvation but it's there and I think for this I do like this film and I like how it comments on toxic masculinity and what what is what is right and what's wrong but it, it doesn't do it obviously enough for me. I love it in metaphor. Some people would watch this film and be confused and they would see Tyler as an ideal that doesn't need to be killed and almost a separate character. And then whether the same guy, because they're so different, they find it they would find it really hard to kind of match the two. 
and then the ending becomes just a blur and then it's the end and the film is called Fight Club which I think's kind of misleading I don't I don't know how to say that but I think yeah the film posters and everything is like oh yeah man man yeah fighting fighting fight club but actually it's an emotional journey about a man realizing that it's okay to be vulnerable (laughs) but I wanted that to be more obvious yeah maybe the villainization of Tyler's character because he's not necessarily made into a villain if that makes sense yeah he's not like villainized loads because obviously it's part of who he is so it would be counterintuitive to villainize yourself i don't know i think that's a lost cause let's stop talking okay so one line that really got me was ty's character says a generation we're a generation of men raised by women why would we want another one or something he says something like that and i was like whoa so they kind of blame their unhappiness And the fact that they don't have dads on their mothers who raised them, which is interesting. But instead, they're actually a generation of men raised by the void of the man they couldn't be and the man they didn't know, which is therefore why they are the way they are. And it's so sad that that is the belief that Tyler's character, who is the hyper-masculine and the toxic masculine, is what he beliefs and what he teaches not teaches yeah but also what he kind of puts out into the world is like blame on women and it's their fault that he's the way he is because his dad wasn't around when actually his dad is again a tyler character in terms of he didn't think about his responsibilities and he didn't put himself accountable for his actions which is something that tyler's character if there was fight club 2 the narrator's character at the end of Fight Club would have begin his kind of accountability journey in Fight Club 2. I'm I'm thinking it would go that way. So he goes to Fight Club 1 and it's at the end it's like everything is like you've got a big tower moment everything's like burning to the ground because he can restart again and he can be emotionally available. (laughs) And then Fight Club (laughs) 2 would be him kind of going on his accountability journey and being like okay, so I need to be a better man by communicating to people around me (laughs) and thinking about my emotions. Again, yes. I'm going back to my other point. point. I need that to be... I would love that to be more obvious because this film is still a very man film and it has this really nice element and really nice journey for the character but it stops before the journey stops before it starts if that makes sense it stops so abruptly that like it would be so nice to have a fight club too imagine that kind of film those kind of films aren't made you know him being like oh let's be a good guy for a change you know let's be accountable for my actions let's fight men and demons and be a good man i don't <laughs> I would low-key watch that film just to see what they'd do. But again, in Fight Club, it's so, it is still kind of a big fight film when it doesn't, that bit is, is not supposed to be glorified. Like, don't glorify the Fight Club. I know I had my comments on it, but it isn't good. But again, it's made this, it's made into the center of the film because that's the name of the film. But at the same time, I think if it was called a different thing, then would people watch it? Probably not. So it's a really good film, but 
yeah, maybe, may, it maybe could have been more obvious what was trying to be said with the alter ego. Um, I also said here, I want a female rage version. Um, I feel like it's cathartic to fight and shout and all that stuff, but it was very male oriented. <laughs> uh, so I definitely feel there's room for female rage in that one. And again, there was very few. We've got Helena Bottom Carter is as Mola, which I liked. Uh, she's very kind of all over the place and people have called as kind of like an epitome of death as a person. Like she is always living on the edge of life. And I suppose that's what Edward Norton's narrator character wants to be. He, he wants to be that because a man should be like that. She has quite masculine traits. And I think, again, her being a reflection of his character made him kind of create this alter ego to please her, to be like, look, I could be a really good man because otherwise you won't like me if I'm not a really toxic man. So again, this film could also just be about him trying to get to a point with Marla where he's satisfied with himself. I don't know, but it's kind of a very personal journey because there is a massive lack of communication I don't like to say that it's about her as much as that would be, that works. Again, there's a lot going on in this. Well, you could put it in whichever way you want, I guess. So she's very confused the whole time, <laughs> which is obvious. It makes it's obvious by the end, and if you rewatch it, it will make sense. But he's constantly doing one thing and then doing another thing. It's like he's got a split personality, which he does, which is yeah, like I said, with Jacqueline Hyde just like two different people and how can they be the same person so the film aims to provide this idea of balance masculine or feminine qualities of of a person also like emotionally you need to be emotionally fulfilled in your life you need to have this balance between good and bad responsibility and no responsibility yeah so there's it's 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 a film of extremes but isn't life in terms of someone's emotional self I love how, I, and this is so funny, I wrote gay halfway through the film, not what, until, not watching the end, I was like, gay, question mark, because he was like, it was almost like he was in love with this Tyler character, which makes sense, because that was who he wanted to be, and who he saw himself as, his potential was Tyler's character, and I was like, are they in love with each other? No, not quite, <laughs> he was just the same person. Yeah, again, with the kind of gender stuff there's little things as well so like Jared Leto's character he's in this he's got quite a feminine face and Edward Norton's character beats him up and then he's like oh I felt like destroying something pretty or something beautiful and it's like oh okay so the, that feminine aspect of Jared Leto's character he completely smashed like he smashed his face in so he was again denying this femininity within himself there's also bits where Tyler's character calls him like darling and there's a bit where he goes he goes into a bar looking for quote unquote Tyler and a man like winks at him and is like oh um you'd know or something he says and winks at him and again that's something that if he was a woman in that situation a man would behave in that way towards a woman so he kind of thinks that this version of himself is emasculated and a woman and, and feminine and 
hot and he doesn't like himself. He wants to be this masculine macho man but that's not the point the point is that you balance those two areas of yourself but another thing i found about this film is that the emasculation happens predominantly in this film men with men so when they're fighting just things like that tyler's toxic masculinity that makes edward norton's character feel emasculated but that is actually himself so it's so it's ironic because this patriarchal attitude is actually what is emasculating men, not anything else, and not women. You could potentially argue that Marla's character maybe does that, especially when he's in his more vulnerable moments, um, when he meets her and Stephanie's like, puts up this massive wall. He's like, oh, I hate her, I hate her so much. And she influences his split personality. But at the same time, I don't know whether that's her... This is a very confusing film, to be fair. There is so much in this film to talk about. There's a lot of breaking the fourth wall in this film as well. And I think, again, that is foreshadowing to the end because this is a construction within his mind. He's an unreliable narrator because he is actually both characters at the same time and you're seeing inside his head, if that makes sense, because we're with him the whole time. We see Tyler is an objective to himself and then he does like a subjective thing where he's talking and then sometimes Tyler's character, I think he says like, don't tell them as in the audience. So again, that's another nod at the fact that the same person and they're living within the same mental sphere okay i think i'm good that's all i'm gonna say so sorry this was supposed to be a hate on all film bro films but i like this one i think there was a lot of men in it and i get the message i think that it's really interesting and really thought-provoking definitely maybe i maybe wanted some more of that therapy stuff to come out of these characters less violence more therapy but I did like this one, yeah. So, if you enjoyed this episode, then please uh, review. Give me a review. A good review, please. And follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Movies on My Mind Pod. So that was Fight Club. I would... Would I watch this again? It's not going to be in my top... It's not in my top films of all time. I think it's, it's a really good film. And I get that it's ranked highly. But it's not necessarily an enjoyable film. It's more of an existentialism kind of moody film that has loads of stuff in. Maybe the more you watch it, the more kind of your ideas will change on the subject and stuff like that. So, hoping David Fincher comes up with Fight Club 2, Edward Norton's character in Therapy maybe hoping for that to be fair and i will be back next week with another film bro film will i like it will i not like it who knows but this is fight club <laughs>